0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The Carolinas to the world via the World Wide Web. This is Redeeming Truth Radio, and this is your host for the next 30 minutes as we seek to take an expedition for truth, yours truly, Pastor Brian Chilton. And we thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Uh, If you'd like to call in, our number is 323 784 9617. And to call in, you'll need to call at the end of our podcast. Uh, and we'll take your call, and of course you'll need to do so when we air the show live, uh which is every Monday at twelve noon eastern time, and that's nine a m for our friends on the west coast uh have several things I want to talk to, to with you about today so several things of uh discussion uh first and foremost, want to uh send my prayers and condolences uh to those in the San Bernardino, California area as there was uh, yet another mass shooting uh this time uh on the west coast. And so we want to remember those who were affected uh by those by the shooting. So um this uh you know obviously brings up a lot of Political debate as it seems that uh, people are trying to figure out what do we do with uh, with this with these terrorist groups, and um, a lot of people are um, talking about gun control, you know whether or not gun control is the the means to do that uh, this is not let me just say from the um, in full disclosure, this is not a political show. Uh, this is, I feel, based upon uh, what I feel to be more important issues than politics. I mean, uh, politics has its place. Politics are important, uh, and there are definitely individuals who, um, who who base their shows uh, on such things as those. Uh, for instance, you have Glenn Beck, you have Rush Limbaugh, you have. Uh, more progressive individuals, Uh, you have libertarians. Um, I I am, in full disclosure, more of the conservative persuasion, Uh, more conservative than necessarily libertarian or uh, definitely not progressive, Uh, although there are some issues in which I find myself in agreement uh, with those who are – somewhat progressive uh, especially as it relates to the dignity of humanity and and making sure that uh p- people have opportunities uh things of that nature i mean but i don't think that's a progressive thing necessarily i think that's a biblical thing that that uh, we see the value in every person so i mean obviously i'm definitely more conservative uh that's where i am But at the same time, this show is not focused upon political issues. But that being said, um, my school at Liberty University was uh, brought into the political foray uh, because of uh, some comments that uh, President uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. mentioned on gun control. And I'm not going to say a whole lot on this issue. In fact, I wasn't going to say anything at all but i've I've noticed that a lot of people are taking the words that Falwell said out of context, so I feel that it's necessary to to be fair about this issue to hear exactly what he said. so let's turn to the audio clip right now to hear exactly what it is that uh President Falwell said. I want to see the President of the United States say that the answer to circumstances like that is more gun control. I mean, if the people... If, if some of those people in that community center had had what I've got in my back pocket right now... They, those Muslims before they before they go off in. All right. Uh, a lot of people are, are saying that uh, Falwell was uh, going after Muslims and Falwell was going after Muslims in general. And that certainly wasn't the case. He went back and on further uh, interviews said that he was talking about terrorists. That's what he was talking about. Now, could certain things have been worded differently uh, to have sounded better? Perhaps, but you know when you're when you're up in a public forum and you're speaking, you know sometimes things don't come out the way you want them to, and so. Um, but you know, in the end, whether you agree with Fallwell or not, let, let's be fair to the issues, and and to say that uh, Falwell is backing up terrorism and stuff like that, as some people have said, uh, and and you know some on on one side will say. That, uh, you know, we, you uh, we know, some have, uh, well, let me get my thoughts out here, uh, words out here. Some, some have even gone so far to say that uh, he is attacking uh, uh, people of a certain religion. Well, he even said that, that there are people of a wide variety of uh, religions that the show, and you've had other people who were Christians who said uh, that a Christian should never own a weapon of any kind. I don't take that view at all. In fact, uh, I have uh, an article that I wrote at my website over at uh, Bellator Christie, found at PastorBrianChilton.wordpress.com, called A Theology to Defense, uh, where I think there is a biblical precedent, uh, biblical biblical reasons uh, for a person to be able to defend him or herself, and in particular... Uh, that of a person's family. I think that's the right thing to do. I think uh, that's part of our responsibility as parents, as uh, as fathers, um, and as mothers to take care of our families to make sure that they are provided for and to make sure that, that they live in, in as much safety as we can afford uh, to give. So, whether you agree with Falwell or not, you know I'm not going to say too much on the issue. I just think that we need to be fair about this. Don't take his words out of context, and don't use uh, his words as fodder to fuel a political debate. He was simply saying, and I think, and I've said this online, and I'll say this now, I think that the words that were expressed Demonstrate the concern that he has for his students and staff. Plus minus nothing. I think that's what it was all about. He wants to make sure uh, that Liberty University, which is the largest Christian university in the world right now, from my understanding, is is uh, is has proper security measures in place. And let's be honest, you know, if. Let me just leave that right there. I think that, that his views were expressing the safety, uh, the concern that he has for his faculty and uh, staff and students alike. And so let's just leave it there. I think that's what it was about. I think, and, and so I think to make anything more than that, whether or not you agree or disagree with him is besides the point. Uh, I think that's what was said. That's what was meant. Uh, And to say anything more than that is, quite frankly, uh, taking those words out of context. So, I also want to say something uh, in regards to a prayer request. I want to ask everyone to uh, be much in prayer uh, for Kevin Harris. If you are familiar with the ministry of Dr. William Lane Craig, uh, you'll know that he has a Reasonable Faith podcast. And Kevin Harris is the host of the weekly podcast, Reasonable Faith. Uh, Kevin posted on his Facebook page this week that um, his family was in mourning as they lost their son Tanner in a motorcycle accident. So, uh, let's be sure to remember him in our thoughts and prayers. Pray for God's comfort and peace to be upon Kevin and his family. And I can't even imagine what it must be like to lose a child. And, you know, I've spoken with many people, many parents who've lost children... And they have said that, in fact, one lady, I'm thinking of one lady right now who lost both her husband and her son. She said that the loss of her husband was very tough, but the loss of her son was excruciating. Because she said, you know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to outlive your, I mean, your children are supposed to outlive you. And so when you lose a child, that goes against the way it's supposed to be so obviously we want to remember kevin and his family pray for god's blessings to be upon him now that makes a good segue as we enter into our main topic today we want to talk about prayer the role of prayer and service and again let me say from the outset this is not a political show it's not geared to be that way. Now, at the outset, we dealt with a little more political issues. Uh The older I get and the more I get involved in theology and apologetics, the less emphasis I place on politics. It's, I'm not saying that politics is not important. We've had podcasts that's dealt with that. But there are people who are more geared to handle that genre. I am more focused. Uh, I am I've honed in a lot more to the uh, area of theology and apologetics because, in my opinion, that's most important. Um, In the end, the war of ideas is, is going to hold more value than any other thing. And I think that influences politics. That influences every avenue of life. So ideas matter. Theology matters. Well, that being said, uh, recently the New York Daily Times had on its cover the words, God isn't fixing this. Now, the cover was quite deceptive as it was uh, uh, acknowledging the cover article of, of that, daily, um, that daily newspaper and it, it was because it was more of a political rant than it was a religious polemic. In other words, this this issue, I mean, this was uh, a title that wanted to grab your attention. It, it, it was one of those titles that made you want to buy the newspaper to see what it is. And by the way, that happens quite a bit online. It also happens a bit with newspapers and magazines. There'll be a tantalizing title to get you hooked. It's kind of the bait that gets you hooked, and then you want to read the article that's associated with the title. So anyhow... Rich Shapiro, uh, the writer of the article associated with the cover, argues that, and I quote, Democrats, even those not running for office, slam the GOP presidential candidates for offering prayers instead of action, end of quote. Now, again, while I leave the political innuendos to the pundits of politics, uh, as a theologian and as a pastor, I feel that it's important for us to deal with the issue of prayer and service. Now, again, Shapiro makes the argument that the GOP candidates are just merely offering prayers instead of action. Now, I don't believe that to be the case for one moment. I think that's all a political rant. That's a political it's a politicized rant, and it's, um, it's uh, in some cases, an ad hominem attack, and I'm not supporting or endorsing either side. Okay, I'm not supporting or endorsing either side. But that being said, the cover brought up not just this political rant, but it was almost like what has been termed, prayer shaming. Shaming people for prayer. And Rich Shapiro come under a lot of scrutiny, and in fact the New York Daily Times came under a lot of scrutiny for this uh, seemingly shaming, for the seeming shaming of prayer. And obviously there's a lot of problems with that. Um, so So this guy's argument is basically that prayer and service are um, two opposite things and that one doesn't uh, necessarily lead to the other. Well, I think it's important for us to understand the nature of prayer and the nature of service. Uh, Walter A. Elwell notes that uh, both Testaments insist that while prayer and service are not to be equated with each other, in other words, they're not the same, Nevertheless, they are also not to be separated from each other. With this insistence goes the belief that not only the prayer of the righteous is efficacious, uh, with this insistence goes, goes the belief that only the prayer of the righteous is efficacious. That's what I meant to say. End a quote. And he also references Proverbs fifteen twenty nine in this. And let's take a look at uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty nine. I didn't uh, in the article that I posted uh, look at this passage of scripture, but let's turn over there right quickly to Proverbs chapter fifteen verse uh, twenty nine and read. Uh, the word, the word that's being referenced there again, that's Proverbs fifteen, verse twenty nine, and it reads, "The Lord is not far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous." And he goes on the same verse thirty, "The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good news refreshes the bones." Okay, so anyhow, what he's saying here is that God sees all, he hears the prayer of the righteous, and in fact, the prayer of the righteous should lead to action. Now, I believe that prayer propels the person of faith to do great things for the Lord. The Scriptures provide at least five ways that prayer impacts the service of the believer. First of all, prayer provides trust to serve. In First Chronicles is shown that prayer provides the trust necessary to do incredible th- things for God. The chronicler writes of uh, a particular group that uh, God granted their urgent plea because they trusted in Him. God answered their prayers. God helped lead them to success because of the faith that they had in God. Uh, it goes on also to say that, uh, James, for instance, in the New Testament, notes that the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man or a righteous person has great power as it's working. And so why does it have great power? Because it is based upon trust. So if we have this trust in God, we have the ability to serve, we have um, a lot of things that come with this trust, uh, but we have, and we're going to deal with that uh, later in the podcast, but faith, trust gives us the ability to serve in ways that we may not have even imagined. And, uh, you know, looking at James five fifteen and 16, which we just read, we note that prayer was based on one's trust. Secondly, the faith of the praying persons lead the people to action. Thus, a faithful prayer life provides one with the trust in God, which gives the ability to serve. So, prayer, again, is, it's not service. But prayer is a type of service as we're commanded to pray. But secondly, prayer leads us, propels us to serve because of the trust that we have in God and by the directives given by God. Secondly, prayer provides encouragement to serve. You know, a lot of times it seems that we don't feel adequate to do the job we feel God calling us to do. In fact, I go back and, in fact, I just uploaded a message uh, just last night, uh, a message entitled, Can God Use Me? And it was based out of uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, where God calls Jeremiah into the prophetic ministry. Jeremiah says, God, I can't serve you. I can't speak. I am too young. But God then answers his excuses with rebuttals demonstrating how he can serve God because God would give him the ability to serve. God encourages Jeremiah. Well, Luke also notes that the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. And he goes on to say, For I have many in this city who are my people, Acts 18 verses 9 and 10. So God gives us the encouragement to do great things in His name, and that comes by an effective prayer life with God. Okay, And when the person commits him or herself to prayer, God begins to change the mindset of the person, as we find in Romans 12.2. The person of faith begins to see people in the way that God sees them. You know, a lot of times I feel that uh, as, as time goes on, a lot of terrorists are uh, striking fear in the hearts of people. A lot of people are allowing fear to overcome their faith. And we've mentioned this in previous podcasts. But we have to keep seeing people as God sees people. If you really want to see a change... We've got to see a change in the hearts and minds of people. If you see a, that change, that's where real reform is going to take place. That's where real change is going to take place. But God changes the hearts of individuals. God has a love and compassion for all people. Why? Why? Because we're all made in the image of God. And that's something that's very important to remember. The person of faith begins to see people the way God sees them. And this will move the person of faith to action and order, as Isaiah 117 says, to learn to do good, to seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. We are encouraged to serve God in a mighty way we also see that prayer provides direction to serve now here's the big question that I have for Rich Shapiro in his article in the New York Daily Times he wants us to take action but what type of action is he wanting to see what, what type of action and again I'm not going to get into the political aspects, but he criticizes the prayers of individuals But, and he wants us to jump into action, but what type of action? You know, we hear people all the time say, do something, just do something, anything. Nike has the famous slogan, just do it. But do what? You know, if we are not directed in going in the right way, we're going to make a bigger mess. Sometimes... It's better not to act if the acting is going to be bad. Okay, there are several different actions people can take, and so and this reminds me, and we we want to make sure that the the actions that we take are the right actions. This uh, makes me think back about the advice that my grandpa used to give. Uh, when working on a construction project, you'd have a piece of wood. Perhaps if you're building a building or um, constructing a table or some sort, and you're wanting to measure out, uh, you will need to cut a piece of wood of a certain length. And his advice was always: measure twice, cut once. Now, what does that mean? It just simply means that make sure before you cut that wood that it is the length that you need, the length that you desire. Because once you cut that wood, it's cut. It's, It's better to make sure that you're going to get it where you want it before you cut it. Because if you cut it before you measure it and know for sure that it's the appropriate measurement, you're going to make a mess. I believe we see similar advice given in Scripture. Uh, a person needs to make sure that they are doing what that what they are doing is correct before taking action. Prayer provides us the direction to know which way we should go, what action we need to take for instance Luke Luke, Luke excuse me Luke <laughs> Luke notes in the book of Acts, which is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. He notes that in uh, Acts eight twenty nine, that the Spirit said to Philip, "Go over and join this chariot." Now, why did God want Philip to go join this chariot? Well, it's because there was a eunuch from Ethiopia who was reading Isaiah chapter fifty three verses seven and eight. Of course, he was reading a scroll. They didn't have chapter and verse divisions back in those days. But Philip, uh, as this eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture, his heart was inclined to believe that there was something here. Who was this servant that Isaiah was referencing? And then Philip was able to leave this eunuch to Christ and to a faith in Christ And that eunuch became saved. He he received Christ. He was saved. He was baptized and uh, lived a life for God. Now, Philip would have never known where he should go unless he first prayed and listened to the directions of God Almighty. It was because Philip was led by the Holy Spirit to go in the right direction. The Scriptures warn us, that where there is no vision the people are unrestrained Proverbs 28:18 in the New American Standard thus prayer provides us insight and direction as the holy spirit leads us now in stark contrast a lack of prayer may lead one to quench the holy spirit uh, as we find in 1 Thessalonians 5:19 so Action for action's sake is not always good. We need to make sure that our action is appropriate, being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. Prayer provides us the means to to know which way we should go. Prayer also provides empowerment to serve. Uh, Prayer is essential, in fact, critical in this regard. Uh, Paul writes that uh, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And uh and, and, and uh, then heirs, if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, and will be glorified with Him through our sufferings, he goes on to say in Romans 8:15 and 16. You know, as a pastor, I've seen people do extraordinary things by the empowerment they receive by God. In fact, I think about a woman named Gana who was, despite her physical maladies able to care for her husband up until the day that her husband died. People asked her, how were you able to do this? How were you able to drive countless miles to see him in the nursing homes? And she consistently said, God is the one who empowered me. God is the one who gave me strength. The point is that by prayer, we find the empowering work of God in our lives and that empowering work by God gives us the ability to serve in powerful mighty ways okay prayer provides also the opportunities to serve Luke notes that when Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch in Syria they gathered the church together and had declared in Acts 14:27 that God had all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Jesus says to the church of uh, Philadelphia in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 8, saying, I know your works, because you have limited strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one is able to close. The point is, is that through prayer, we find God opens the doors for us to serve where And sometimes doors that we could not have opened ourselves. Um, So if God opens a door, no one can shut it. If God shuts a door, no one can open it. Prayer gives us the insight to know the direction we must go. Gives us the opportunities and to see those opportunities which lie ahead. And that all comes by prayer. So in fact, prayer leads one to serve. So does prayer counteract action? Obviously not. Rich Shapiro obviously did not understand the biblical concept of prayer when he wrote this piece. When we say that we are going to keep someone in our thoughts and prayers, what we're saying saying is that I pray that God provides you comfort in this your time of need. Now again, I make no political commentary as to the GOP versus the Democrats. I let the political uh, conversationalists take care of all of that. But understand that Shapiro may be right in saying that that we just can't we can't just pray and not have service. But in fact, we he brings us unknowingly perhaps to the acknowledgment that prayer leads us to serve. James 2.26 says that faith apart from works is dead. But we can't allow action to override the importance of prayer, just as we cannot allow uh, action to default. Well, In other words, we can't allow action to override the importance of prayer, and we can't allow prayer to supplant action. Uh, instead of thinking this of this as being an a both or, or excuse me an either or scenario, we should instead think of it being a both and situation. Now, at the outset, uh, the New York Daily Times asked the or said quite, uh, I think inappropriately, God isn't fixing this. But I believe that God may be fixing this. How? How will God fix this? He'll fix it by moving in the hearts and minds of people. You see, the problem is found in a heart condition. It's not a gun situation. It's not a... um, um political situation it's a heart situation and if people if if the minds and hearts of people would be inclined and turned to Christ and we would see people the way God sees them I dare say we would not have these type of events on planet earth well I'm going to let it go with that but my prayer is that your prayers Will lead you to serve God in a mighty way. This is Redeeming Truth Radio, and this has been Pastor Brian Chilton saying, "God bless, and we'll see you back next week. Stay tuned for a uh, clip—a clip of One Minute Apologist." with Dr. Bobby Conway as he interviews Hank Handegraft on the importance and some uh, on the importance of prayer and some tips to have in order to be able to have a more effective prayer life. God bless. We'll see you
0: back next week. Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. Apologist. We interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. What are some secrets to effective prayer? You know, you use that word secret, and I think that that is the secret. I think the secret to prayer is secret prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. They think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. And he also said, when you pray, don't pray to be seen by men. If you do, you have your reward already. So the secret prayer... The secret to prayer is secret prayer. It's not praying for the adulation of people or the commendation of a human person. It's it's to have fellowship with God. It is to commune with the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. Another secret to prayer is finding a secret place, which is to say that we need a place away from the invasive sounds of the crowd so that we can hear a sound and a voice from another place. And that secret place could be different from you than it is for me. I mean, it could be in the bathroom, it could be in the car. The real issue is not the place, but it is a place that you can identify that is where you go to be alone with the Lord. Most of us have learned to pray backwards. We we, we we rush into God's presence, and before our knees have ever hit the ground, we're already thinking about getting back into our fringe lifestyle. So we treat God no better than we treat treasured relationships. We want intimacy without of relationship building and that's what we do I mean on an earthly level I mean if I want a relationship with I have to invest time the same thing is true with our Heavenly Father we have to spend time with Him and to do that we need to find our secret place so it's, it's finding our secret place it's recognizing that prayer is not for human beings it's for relationship with God this reminds me of Jesus, you know, early in the morning while it was still yet dark, he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And I treasured fellowship with the heavenly Father.